The arsonist does indeed have oddly shaped feet. Gentlemen. Oddly shaped feet. Mm-hmm. That's a new mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This is <laughs> Greg's vocal exercises. That's right. Oh, that's from Anchorman. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I was just repeating Anchorman. He's like, how now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? Yep. Anyway. <laughs> Gentlemen. Hey guys. How are how we? All right, all right. Yeah? Happy yeah, Thursday. everybody's asking me how I'm doing all at once. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's up, guys? Happy Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's well, uh, uh, enjoy their Halloween? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's Good Halloween times. like there out there on the West Coast there, Greg? Well, actually, um, I wasn't in L.A. proper. I was two hours outside in Palm Springs okay. um, for a family get-together. My parents were celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary. Oh, oh snap. Happy anniversary. Congratulations. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, it's actually, I'll disclose it here even though. They probably wouldn't want me to, but basically, uh, their <laughs> wedding well, it wasn't until December. But they decided they were going to get married around this time, okay? Ah, because uh-huh. because they figured out they were pregnant with a somewhat with a with a little old you, Well, fair yeah. enough. So, uh, that that's an anniversary yeah. worth celebrating, I'd say. It was it was really nice. I mean, if you've never been to Palm Springs, you must. I, I apparently I Halloween in Palm Springs now. Oh. <laughs> I Halloween in Palm Springs. <laughs> it's, it's, he it's, jets yeah. he's in the in in the keys yeah. of Florida and he <laughs> Halloween's in Palm Springs. That's what he it does. It really is. It that's really is Greg. beautiful though. <laughs> yeah, that's Greg. That's Greg. Uh, <laughs> Damn, we gotta oh, make a that's Greg jingle. And that's Greg. Yeah, oh, 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 leave it up to oh. me. Leave it up to me. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, it was it was it was beautiful. Happy fortieth to my folks. Happy we had 40th. a lovely time. And uh, how are you? How, what did you guys get into? Well, Girl. Halloween here in Eldersburg was. Uh, I mean, it was a, it was an event. It, it, it's funny. Like the first, we've been at this house for about ten years, and it's just kind of kind of been growing towards critical mass. Like the first four or five years that we were here, here there was maybe six or seven kids total that would come around to the house. Okay. Um, but as the neighborhood's been growing and the kids have been getting older, now it's finally getting up to the point where all the kids are now like of Halloween age. And it was just mm. a mass last night. It yeah. was great. It was awesome. Oh, There's, that's awesome. You know, Excellent. 20, 25 kids on mass just going around from house to house. Ben had a, uh, a blow up inflatable costume of, of Mario riding Yoshi. Nice. Which is pretty awesome. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So he just, uh, yeah. you know, just been chucking in the candy left and right mm-hmm. uh, over and over again. So it's been pretty great. Yep. Awesome. How about out yep. in Hagerstown there, Nick? We had a uh, had a, a really good trick-or-treat uh, in the neighborhood. Yeah, it was a great day. I had a bit of an incident this evening with, with the <laughs> aftermath of said candy, uh, which is pretty funny. Um, but we won't get into that here because I'm not all that yeah. embarrassing the kids. So. Yeah. It involves lollipops and couches. Lollipops and a couch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, well enough about that. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's a good, that's a good uh, album name right there. Lollipops, lollipops and the couch. Yeah. Lollipops and couch. <laughs> and we won't implicate anybody on this show, but uh, I, I think it's fair to say that the uh, the perpetrator has been named. Mm. Um, only, only in, only after bedtime had been cut, cut an hour back for all three of them. Oh, and oh, uh, I went ahead and went for a walk to kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. just, just. I was try- honestly, I was like, I need to collect my thoughts before we do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, uh, that's true. Getting the right and I came headspace. back, and yes, I was, I was, uh, I was approached by one of them to, uh, to go ahead and admit yeah. fault in this Fair circumstance. Enough. So yeah. 
Good well, on thank, them. Thankfully, uh, thankfully, thankfully, you did because I was. <laughs> I would hate to have to face the wrath of Papa Nick. <laughs> right? I, I got it. Yeah, I got to be honest, and I and I even told this at one moment. Um, I said, "Look, I I admire you guys' loyalty to each other right now." Because <laughs> they would <laughs> not fess up. Nobody would fess up, and I was like, "I appreciate oh, it." But it's going to make things worse, guys. It's going to make things worse, and it did. Yeah. It made things worse. Your loyalty will be your undoing. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is going to cost you dearly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tony Tightlip over here won't say nothing. Yeah, yeah we basically lost three episodes of sign of. Uh, no, I did this early. We lost three episodes of Simpsons, and uh, they had to go to bed an hour early. So. Oh man! Well, yay! You live, you learn. That's right. You live and you learn. That's right. There That's has right. to be consequences. Yep. There are consequences. Indeed, well, sadly. speaking of a motto for tonight's show, it's "You live and you learn." I think. I thought it was consequences. <laughs> let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's let's use it. Let's use it. <laughs> let's go with that then. Do it. Yes, that's right. This is you should check it out. Living with the consequences since nineteen eighty one. Or avoiding them somehow. Or avoiding them <laughs> as best we can. That's hey, right. LA. All right. No, <laughs> Whoa. No, I'm <laughs> they are. <laughs> Too late, Sorry. it's on tape. My name is Jay. <laughs> I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. <laughs> and we have an awesome show for you tonight. Uh, I'm going to be talking about engineering and an engineer in particular. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Nick's right. going to be talking about some uh, uh, music, technology, websites, streaming, sure. fun stuff sure. like that. Sure. And Greg's going to be talking about a jazz icon, just for a change. <laughs> yeah. Well, Aww, I didn't mean to, to announce that too happily. No, 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 no. It's it's, it's all good. We'll uh, we'll get to it when we get to it. I, but uh, it's true. There, it's been yep. a lot of jazz lately. There has been but a lot hey, of jazz. That's what that's what it is. Yeah, yep. gonna do. Nothing wrong with that. Celebrating, celebrating it. All right. Well, boys, I got an interesting way to start the show. Um, okay. For my musical selection, uh, as I mentioned on last week's podcast, I had a show this past Saturday. Uh, October Correct. 30th with the Janine Wilson band. Yes, you did. How did it go? It was great. It was an awesome, awesome. show. We had nice. a bunch of her neighbors come out and we also live streamed it on the internet. So you can check that out on Facebook if you mm -hmm. search for Janine Wilson band. Yep. Um, the power went out halfway through. That was exciting. Oh. <laughs> but that's another acoustic set. <laughs> no, no, it just gave us time for a costume change and then, you know, back into the rest of it. And it did come back on. All was cool. well. The show went great till the very end, like the very last song, we started to feel some rain hit the tops Over. of our costumed heads. Okay. And uh, then by the time we finished the song and we were starting to pack up, then the rain really started to come down. So we all busied ourselves packing up cables, getting our amps out of the mud, and then we all run into the house. I had the pleasure of meeting some of her neighbors, one of whom uh, was a very nice lady named Susan. Okay. And you know, we're talking, talking about stuff, what we do, what we're interested in. We started talking about podcasts and I said, well, you know what? You got, if you're interested in podcasts and music, you should check out my podcast, which is called You Should Check It Out. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she's Good like, plug. oh, that would be great. She was very interested in checking out the show. So, you know, I, I got her interested and she said, you know what? You should play one of my favorite bands that no one cares about here in the United States. All right. The Tragically Hip. The Tragically mm -hmm. Hip. Okay. And I was like, okay, I'll tell you what, Susan, if you listen to the show, if you check out our show and you listen next week and you tell a friend to check out, you should check it out. That's our motto, right? You should tell a friend yeah, and you should check it out. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
I will play a tragically hip song and say your name on the radio. So I'm fulfilling is. my end of the bargain here. Okay. I, I, I know almost nothing about the tragically hip. Do you guys? No, to be honest. I, <clears throat> I hear their name all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I can't say that I've heard it. They're a Canadian band. She had a lot of good stories, including one about their lead singer who tragically passed away a couple years ago from a brain aneurysm or brain brain cancer. Oh, wow. Mm. Which is pretty devastating. But they're a huge yeah. Canadian yeah. band, and everyone in Canada knows them. Okay. Um, so anyway, I, I took a short jaunt through their, their history on Spotify, and I found okay. a couple tracks. But So I'm going to play one. Uh, this one's called New Orleans is sinking. All right. Burn blue on the street, loose and complete under sky, so smoky blue green. I can't foresee. A Dixie did she, so we danced the sidewalk clean. My memory is muddy, what's this river that I'm in? New Orleans is sinking, man, and I don't want to swim. His voice wore on me, or it, it, like it, it. It started like at first I was like, oh, I don't know, but yeah. it actually, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of intrigued. So yeah. it's it, it's mixed uh, so upfront that it's like jarring at first. It's but so it's upfront, nice. right? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I, yeah it's, it's kind of like morphine. You know, that, that was the, that was the parallel that I was thinking too. Not really oh, cool. stylistically, but like the no. way it's mixed. Yeah, yeah, and just kind of the presence uh, at like where it's like okay. At, you hear the music first, but then once the voice comes in, you realize, oh, this is actually all designed to support this yeah. voice. Yeah. That that's what that's where the real thing is yep. happening. Yeah. Yep. Very so nice. there you go. Uh, the tragically hip. We've never played them before on the podcast, but now we thank have. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Susan. Susan. Thank you so much. It was very nice to meet you. I fulfilled my end of the bargain. Go out and tell all your favorite, <laughs> all your friends about how great nice this podcast is. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully she's listening. <laughs> if she like, yeah. See what you think. Then tell a friend. Yeah. No. Works. Seriously. Thank you. It was a great time, and a, and it was very nice to meet you. Yeah, Susan. Let's hear it for Susan. Indeed. Woo. <laughs> all right. All right. Everybody, shut up. Shut up. We gotta get. We gotta get moving. Thank you. That's, all right. yes, That's enough. Indeed. That's enough. That's a little much. Thank you. All right. We barely know her. Interesting <laughs> intro to my actual topic this week. Okay. Number two. Right. I got a message from great friend and great friend of the pod, Dirk Maurer, this past week, which I haven't hey, heard from Dirk. in a long time. And he said, what are your thoughts on ELO's classic album, Mr. Blue Sky? <laughs> and I had to think, I, I haven't heard that whole album. I've heard the singles from it, and I don't really think too much of it. And he said, you know, that's got to be one of the worst engineered songs to ever become a hit on the radio. And he said, huh. that should be a topic for your podcast. Hmm. I said, wow. 
That is a good topic. So I want to throw it that is. out there as a teaser for you guys because it, it takes a little bit of homework the more I thought about it. Like there was a couple that sprung to mind immediately, mm-hmm. but I kind of want to do some more digging and kind of revisit this topic again. Oh, I see. You're throwing yeah. it out there. It's like I'm a throwing think about it out it. there for you guys. Think about I like it. I a, like this. A song or an album that became big that in your opinion is a terribly engineered album. So. This feels meta. We usually have these on like like Slack or something like that. I like it. Yes. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then that started me thinking about engineers. And while I was killing time, I had a, actually a free evening last Thursday. It was beautiful. No, not last Thursday, last Friday. It was beautiful. Okay. Um, I was going through my music DVD collection and I came across a DVD called Tom Dowd and the Language of Music. Tom Dowd and the Language of Music. And I said to myself, well, I've, I've watched that before. I got it as a gift as from a Christmas you know, gift uh, a couple mm-hmm. years ago. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I definitely watched that, all right? And then I more thought about it. I haven't watched this. I know not enough about Tom Dowd. Do you guys know about Tom Dowd at all? Do you know the name? Uh, I saw that probably around 2005. Oh, nice. Somebody yeah. had, yeah, somebody came, had that DVD. I think it DVD came out in 2003. And, and showed it to me. And uh, yeah, uh, <clears throat> I never forgot it. It's pretty so killer, unbelievable. right? Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Nick, you know anything about Tom no. Dowd? No, I, no, I hadn't heard of this guy. Nope, not all at all. Right. Fair enough. Well, watch the uh, documentary. It's incredible. It's great. And I, I knew about Tom Dowd, but honestly, he's kind of become my new personal hero. Like, his imprint on 20th century popular music, I mean, really can't be overstated. For those of you who don't know, he w- he's basically a recording engineer and producer, mainly for Atlantic Records. Okay. He did right. some other stuff, but he's primarily renowned for creating the sound of Atlantic Records in the 50s and 60s and 70s. Let me just give you just a brief rundown of some of the hits that you guys might be tangentially aware of. Okay. Songs like Layla, Mm -hmm. What I Say, Respect, and that would be the Otis Redding version and the Aretha Franklin version. Okay. Sunshine Your Love, uh, Shake, Rattle, and Roll, Money, Honey, Oya Kama Va, that would be the Tito Puente version. And the Santana version. <laughs> okay. So sick. Uh, the list goes on. The the number of artists that he's worked with has just been through the roof. Guys like the, J- John Coltrane. Yeah, you've, heard oh, yeah. of, you've heard of an album called Giant Steps? That yeah, that's, 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 Tom, that's Tom Dunn. Okay. Um, the Allman Brothers Band, Bobby yeah. Darren, Dusty Springfield, Booker T and the MGs, Charlie Parker, Otis Redding, Meatloaf, Rod Stewart, Eddie Money, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's touching yeah. I, I mean, I think I've seen this somewhere, but I'm going to go ahead and say it, even if it isn't a quote from somebody else, but he's definitely the most influential recording engineer, at least in American music from 19, like the, the mid-1940s to the mid-1980s. And I have no like no problem saying that. It's not an opinion. Like, that's basically a fact, and I think anyone will, will back you up. Right. I, th- I, I think you're correct. Yeah. It, cool. That. This guy I, basically invented the Atlantic he basically made Atlantic recording into what it is before it, it's it's funny you watch this documentary and you see like very young Amit Erdogan you know the president and CEO of Atlantic mm-hmm. Records mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know him in like the 50s like trying to get the sound like trying to figure out what they're going to do and what Atlantic Records is going to become and then they meet Tom Dowd and they're like oh this guy is going to be our engineer <laughs> he's, he's the guy he is the guy 
And yeah. he goes on to, re, you know, produce Aretha Franklin and Wilson Pickett and everybody, everybody. So it. is it his ear or did, like, did he have technological advances? Like what? what did, yes. It's, it's like, it's, I would, I would say, Jay, if I may, that yeah. it was like a complete, like you just nailed it, Nick, but it's like both of those two things just pow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's a, the highest level of either. Awesome. You yes. know? Oh, he's, yeah. he's. Okay, so let me give you some background, and it'll fill in some of those gaps. So he was All born right. in, in New York City. He uh, was interested in music early on. He learned piano. Uh, he played tuba. He played bass guitar. Um, he was the drum major in his high school band and in college. He, but he, what his main love was, was math and physics. That was his main thing. So he played all the instruments, and then yeah. he was into math and physics. Okay, Math and it. physics. <laughs> and he graduated from Stuyvesant uh, High School in uh, New York, which is pretty prestigious for math and physics. He graduated at age 16. Wow. Um, went to college for math and physics and basically like nuclear physics, like the burgeoning. Mm -hmm. th this is in the early mm -hmm. 1940s. Right. And then was drafted into World War II in like 1944. And okay. they immediately sent him to work on the Manhattan Project. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So wow. Tom Dowd was like, he operated a cyclotron and like measured like the radioactive decay and like mm -hmm, was like mm -hmm. really instrumental in developing the atomic bomb and testing it. Like he was there at the Bikini Atoll test site, <laughs> like, like throughout the development of the atomic bomb. This guy like is a legit nuclear physicist. Mm -hmm. The wow. war ends. Um, he says that he can't get work because all of that work was classified. And he so can't, he can't use any of ex the experience. I, right, was, I just right. glanced over at this. He can't use the experience to finish his degree. Right. Well, he went back to school and the, yeah. the, the physics that they were trying to teach him was pre-nuclear physics. Yeah. It was pre, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> all of that stuff. So he was like, well, you know, I guess I'll fool around with music and try to make a living, but, you know, a little bit that way. So he got into radio. This is like mm. the late 40s, early 50s. That's hot time and for radio. It was. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Started to work on recording some jazz stuff locally in New York. And then, like I said, met Ahmet Erdogan and uh, while well, he was trying to found Atlantic Records. Worked with him on a, and this is still while he's like 18, like 19, 20 years old. Mm -hmm. um, everything is, this is the era of recording where it's one mic in the room and everyone stands around it. Mm -hmm. you know, so it's, yeah. you know, placement of the instruments, you got to have a really good ear. You got to know the technology because it's all brand new technology. Mm -hmm. Yep. So he linked up with Ahmet Erdogan and like the first, within the first month, he recorded uh, Drink and Wine Spodioti, which was Atlantic Records' first number one hit. Wow. <clears throat> and from there, it just took off. And um, like I said, Ahmet knew that this was his guy. And that's when he, you know, started getting in, he did Bill Haley and the Comets, you know, a bunch of jazz recordings throughout the 50s. And that was the part of Tom Dowd that I didn't know. I know Tom Dowd from like the 70s, recording mm -hmm. bands like Cream, the Allman yeah. Brothers, Eric Clapton, like big bands from the 70s. I didn't know that he was like that involved back in the 50s too. Right, This right. guy really like created the sound. And then not only that, since he was such a great physicist and scientist, like recording technology was like nothing to him. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So he was able to like be one of the early progenitors of stereo recording. Okay. And then he also commissioned Ampex to create basically one of the first eight track recorders and have oh. it installed in Atlantic's main recording studio like in 1958. Wow. And you think about like the Beatles, they were recording on four track in like 1967. <laughs> 
<laughs> and claiming to have invented it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the thing. Like, the, a lot of these British bands would come over to America and they would meet guys like Tom Dowd and they're like, what the hell is 8-track? We're lucky to get 2-track over, yeah. you know, yeah. over in England. Hmm. It's remarkable. So, like Greg said, I mean, he's this brilliant blend of like, he had the musician's background from what he liked mm-hmm. doing as a kid. He obviously had the engineering, physical, mental yeah. skills to apply the technical side of it. And it, and he was also like a great hang. He like understood musicians mm-hmm. and was able to get the most out of them. And in this documentary, you have these great interviews with guys like Ray Charles, who are like, you know, I'd never met an engineer like Tom Dowd before. You know, mostly mm-hmm. the engineers were there to just flip on a couple buttons, you do your thing, and then hopefully they had enough tape, you know, at the end of the night. Yeah. But Tom would come out and he'd be like, Yeah, that's that's great. Let's 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 try this or let's turn up the bass because he was doing multi-track recording, which a lot of these artists had never done multi-track recording. They didn't know right. that the bass could be individually the volume could be individually changed. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of mind blowing just the the synthesis of skills this guy had, yeah, and also really, just it, a great guy. I honestly think that that DVD should be like required for any engineering huh. student. I totally agree, man. Yeah, because he really what the one common thread of all the artists that he works with, and again we're talking about people from like Wilson Pickett to Meatloaf. Artists all feel comfortable. They all like him, and they feel comfortable around him and not just like in a personal way but like they get they understand that he understands what they're trying to do mm-hmm. you know so that's a big thing for a band if you're trying to you roll into a studio and if you don't know tom dowd and if he doesn't have the legend then he's just another button pusher it's it's tough to develop that rapport and trust that he's mm-hmm. going to de- de- deliver a product for you mm-hmm. but tom was able to talk to guys on a level that they understood get the best out of them and then ultimately deliver some of the greatest recordings known to man. Um, Charismatic, mm-hmm. smart guy with a hell of an ear. That is a combination. <clears throat> yeah, I remember um, one of the stories in the DVD, Jay, and you saw it more recently than I did, but it was during an Ornette Coleman session. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think they were like 25 minutes into the song, into the recording and they were in, in no way slowing down. Like the energy right. was like just The jam peaking. was just going. <clears throat> And apparently, I think someone else in the control room noticed, like, yo, the tape's getting really low. And Tom noticed casually kind of, (laughs) you know, just like walked over with, like, like got another tape reel and, like, set it up so that it would keep, so that it would keep her to, but I guess in those days it was, I mean, Jay, you might know. It was even better than that. So they were recording, this this recording session was on 8-track. And they were making a big okay. deal that they could get an 8-track recording, right? Okay. But they were noticing that the 8-track was running out of tape. And so Tom was like, he noticed it, and he's like, okay, just set up the stereo. Right. Just just set up the, the regular 2-track, get it ready to go. We're going to send a mix of the 8-track to 2-track. And the other engineer was like, well, no, we can't do that. And then the song will be like two parts, and they'll be different. And Tom's like, listen, these guys are cooking. I, yeah. I can hear I that they're, what they're putting, work. They're yeah. putting yeah. down is magic right now. It's more important that we get it down on tape than yeah. the technical specifics of it. Yeah. So yeah, so they ran the two track. There you go. They mixed it down to two track for like 30 seconds until he could spool up another reel of eight track. So that in the end yeah. on this Ornette recording, Coleman recording, no one knows it because it's only 30 seconds of like you know, two track recording. Slightly altered sounded. Yeah. And the yeah. rest of it is, you, you know, history. I guess I, I, you know, rather than have to be like, 
Oh yeah, sorry guys. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, you know, we yeah, to, yeah, we need to retake we, we, that. We, we ran exactly. out of tape, you know, which is uh, probably what would have happened in another session. Exactly. But exactly. Um, oh, in any other world, yeah, absolutely. But I just love the idea that like he figured this out in real time, mm-hmm. like while it's another performance, really. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, like another, like a, a great engineer. And I, I worked with one engineer in particular. I've worked with several, but one guy in particular uh, named JD Foster. Although I, I, we brought him in as a mixing engineer, but he, it was when I saw him work, he worked with an analog board, and mm-hmm. it was like a, another performance. Yeah, yeah. It's not, a, it's not somebody playing an instrument. But when you hear a recording, <clears throat> the engineer is a performance, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely, yeah. and. Uh, some of them are great and some are not that great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. But but Tom Dowd is like the you know the Jimi Hendrix of the like yeah. you, sh- you, know, the you you watch him with yeah. his he has both hands on the faders. Oh and by the mm-hmm. way he invented the idea of a fader on a mixing console. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's like <laughs> literally everything <laughs> like a sliding as opposed fader, to a knob as opposed to a knob. Yeah. So that he could put both of his hands on the mixing console and play it like a piano is literally what he said. Yeah. Which makes Brilliant. total sense. And he played piano on Layla, right, Jay? A uh, bit of it, yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so like the, in the end, the end part of Layla, he's actually playing the piano. Wow. Yep. What a gem. <laughs> and in that, in that uh, DVD or, or whatever, that documentary, um, he isolates tracks from Layla and he plays you like <sighs> just Dwayne Allman's track. Yeah, yeah. I think and that was so, that little it, clip that you sent, Jay. Yeah, yeah. Was, right, yeah. and it's silly, dude. It's silly. You're <laughs> like, what? Like, I had no. And then, and then once you see that, and you know that it's there, you can't unhear it. And right. then you go back to Layla, and all you, all, all I hear is Dwayne. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So, so anyway. one, one more story. Um, you may know that Atlantic's Atlantic Records was affiliated with Stax Record. Um, Didn't know that. Back in the '60s, they, you know, Stax was just this small Memphis recording studio, and Amit saw it as a way to get black R&B artists without having to send them all the oh, way back yeah. to okay, New York okay, City. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yep. you know, they were kind of like a subsidiary more or yep. less. But there's this like hilarious story of Amit. He's like, yeah, we, or no, maybe it was Jerry Wexler who's like one of the producers at Atlantic. And he's like, yeah, we hadn't heard nothing from Stax in like two months. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we couldn't understand it. And so we, you know, we sent them a <laughs> telegram or phoned them and they said, yeah, our recording concert down here is busted, you know, so we're trying to get the replacement part or whatever. And so Jerry's like, well, we can't have this. So I told uh, I told Tom to get on the next plane down to Memphis. So Tom flies down from New York City to, to Stax. You know, basically like, hey, what's up, guys? You know, tell me what's going on. And they're like, oh, the console's busted. They're all like sitting there with their feet up on the, on the desk, like reading magazines or whatever. He identifies the problem, sees that it's a busted power transformer or something like that, flips the desk over, like unscrews the whole thing. This is like day one of him being down at Stacks. (laughs) Goes down to the hardware store, gets a replacement power transformer, flips it in, slams it back up. And I can't remember the song. Oh, God, this is going to kill me. But he, you know, there was an artist there and he wanted to test the console to make sure it was working again. Basically, he got it working again in about a day. Mm-hmm. And then recorded a hit song like the next day, <laughs> just to make sure it was working okay. Yeah, amazing. And so like Jerry Wexler calls down the next day and he's like, "So how's it going down there, Tom?" He's like, "Yeah, we got another hit. I'm gonna ship it up to you tomorrow." <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> Damn, so, it's wow. great. You got to check out the documentary. It's called Tom Down to the Language of Music. I'm sure it's out there streaming somewhere. There's some clips on YouTube. Check it out. That guy's a genius. I just want to wrap things up, guys, uh, with one more classic cut produced 
engineered by Tom Dowd. This is Wilson Pickett, cut down in Memphis. Um, that's Booker T and the MGs essentially as the backing band. This is called Something You Got. Some Wilson Pickett, man. Right? Yeah. Whew. Can't beat it. She's so good. Dude, that was a great. That was a great uh, segment. <clears throat> Thanks, man. I, I'm so jived. I'm just, I just. No, I mean, I even like. I even like. I, lo- I, I just love the, the guy. I, I like that you two knew it. That was great. That was cool. Like the the back and forth <laughs> stories. That was that was great. Yeah, I'll let you borrow the amazing. DVD, Nick. If you, you have got it. it, yeah, Nick, yeah. you'll love it. Um, yeah. Anyone who appreciates music will love it. Uh, strange thing about that DVD, Jay, though, is that who gets interviewed a ton. Joe Bonamassa. Oh, Joe Bonamassa. Very young <laughs> Joe Bonamassa. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was funny because my boy at the time, Robbie, when he showed it to me, he was like, dude, this guy, Joe Bonamassa, <laughs> is the best guitar player, man. Like, he's coming up. You got to keep an eye on him. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's funny. It's funny where he ended up, you yeah, know, yeah, where absolutely. he is now. Yeah, yeah like, when he could, first comes see. on, like, the first time you see Joe Bonamassa, he's got his head down. He's just ripping these, like, blues solos. Like, he's got long hair, which Joe Bonamassa does yeah. not have anymore. Mm-mm. And I'm like, who the heck is this guy? And then he looks up, and I'm like, oh, it's Joe Bonamassa. But you know what, though? It, I, 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 I was... I was maybe a little like, yeah, well, you know, he's not that great. But really, my what my boy was trying to say is like, this guy reminds me of you and like what you're trying to do, oh. which he was right. Oh. Which he was right there you about. Right. You know what I mean? And he's got that 335, yeah. you know, he's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He's, dude, he's, he's a great guitar player. His heart's his, in the right place. His, and he is a great absolutely, guitar player. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. He's an easy yeah. target, as you guys yeah. like to say. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah, that, Nick. That What's up, Wong man? episode won mm-hmm. us over with that Joe Lone. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, speaking of which, and this is not my topic, but that I'm gonna again, I'm gonna plug Radio Lab's mixtape series. They, I this checked it last, out. I checked it out. It was great. What, what, did you listen to the one about Bing Crosby? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Okay. But I will well, tonight. There's another one waiting for you, and about how Bing Crosby, yeah, basically created high fidelity recordings. Oh, nice. Or like was like commissioned it because yeah he because he was sick of doing two radio shows a week it's called a tie-in <laughs> folks that's great excellent boom conceptual um, continuity there it is the uh, let me you know what let me get a song out of the way and it's kind Please. of it's not wilson pickett's more r&b i think but um we're gonna we're gonna dive into uh there's another album that came out a uh, single released by have you guys heard of the sacred souls the sacred souls 
I don't, know. Um, I don't think so. Another artist on Daptone, ah. and they just put out a single called It's Our Love. Can we get a quick listen to that before yeah, we get started? Yeah, you got it. Great. Yeah, it is. Tasty drums right there. That's great. Ooh, That's great. I have not so heard of good. them, but I'm definitely gonna have to check them out. I like that. Yeah, no, the... they don't have any albums out yet. It's just they've oh, only really? had like a couple just singles. A single. Yeah. Oh wow. Yep. That's yeah, awesome. man. It's uh, the Daptone's great. They just, they really do it like the old school like labels where they just like there's like a band that just has a couple singles and then they like move they, they take the drummer and the key, and the organist and they bring them over here and they just <laughs> that's it's so cool i love it the frighteners is another great one yeah. we, we'll talk about that later do you yeah. know them have you heard that uh, yeah that, well i've listened to i I, mean, I went through the whole the whole oof. catalog yeah fantastic that's a classic yeah we'll have to get into that i'll, I'll yeah anyway go ahead Nick. yeah yeah no but so my topic this week and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be the the, the mid segment so i'll try to keep this one quick because, but i saw uh, it popped up in my feed a couple months ago and i didn't bring it up because it's kind of like it, it's it's kind of on brand but radiohead um <laughs> or and actually it wasn't a couple it was a couple weeks ago radiohead released their entire catalog on Bandcamp. yeah and this mm. is kind of like a big deal for Bandcamp. like hey look Radiohead's here. It, like I said, it's kind of on brand for Radiohead because you know they did the whole name your price for our album, and right? You can have it for free and they've always yeah, right. kind of been, they've always dabbled with like a more direct relationship with the with the with the fans, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't seem too groundbreaking. What well, this past weekend, the band The National decided to do the same. Interesting. Yeah, and and they're and not they're taking their a- songs off of streaming platforms. They're just correct making them available for download. They're making them available for purchase, or for purchase. Uh, you you can listen to them. You can listen to them th- th- through Bandcamp, uh, or you can choose to buy them uh, through Bandcamp. I thought it was really interesting. I, there was an article that came out. The what the one that had popped up in my feed a few months ago was this: just some guy who kind of was opining about uh, possibly a strategy for artists. And he, uh, we'll put it in the link. But basically, it was a the title was how Bandcamp could really fix the music business. And his point is. You know, if you can use the streaming services to attract attention and then bring them over to your Bandcamp to get your actual monetary compensation, that was kind of like his whole play on in that article. Mm-hmm. But kind of as a bigger thing, I realized, you know what, we've never even really talked about because sometimes we we'll have like links in Bandcamp. But what what, what are you guys' thoughts on on Bandcamp as a service? And the thing that I kind of got thinking about was like, what could they do that would put them in a position? Uh, their entire model is to pay 85% of the song purchase rate royalties to the artist. It goes right. directly to the artist, which is right. you know, not at all how it works anywhere else. 
what what could these guys do that that could possibly I don't know do they have something going here like are these new artists coming over could they kind of take that and run with it or is this kind of silly I, it's it's weird because like for me Bandcamp is just like a place where local indie bands like put up their music and if you have an extra ten dollars you can go stream their music like mm -hmm. Bandcamp has never been anything more than that for me it's if I go to see a local band and mm -hmm. they'll say check out our Bandcamp page yes. and then I can go to that and I can yep. stream a couple and if I want to pay, pay some money to, to download them which I have I can do that and what you're but describing, Jay, is, is a branding problem. From Bandcamp's perspective. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Your perception is what they used to be, which is you're a little band. How do you get your stuff online? Right. You go to Bandcamp. So that's why when Radiohead said that they, that they were moving to Bandcamp or releasing, it just was a shock to me. I just didn't understand why they would want to do that. But mm -hmm. Well, I see it a little differently. Um, I know that they've had their um, they've kind of like flash sales. Mm -hmm. Right, where um, all of the proceeds go to the artist for that one day. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. You know, so that, and, and listen, Bandcamp's been around for a while. I was in a band, New Media, mm -hmm. uh, Jay, mm -hmm. I, I, with some guys from Baltimore, and that was one of uh, our band members is like, he was saying Bandcamp is the next thing, hmm. you know? Really? And, I, and, and nobody nobody fought him on it. We were on there and actually mm -hmm. one, of, and, and, and one of our records is, is on there and maybe only on there. But my point is that we've known it as the like, kind of anti-Spotify, anti mm -hmm. mm -hmm. which is not that different from what you were saying, Jay, honestly. It's like, it's, it's where the, lo the small local band, you know. Anybody can get on there. Anybody yeah. can get on there. Yep. Anybody. But I think that what, to answer your question, Nick, when you're saying like, what do they need to do? Yeah. Is they got to get those big artists on there. They mm -hmm. got, and, and someone who's kind of a middle artist, I would say, is our friend Travis, the drummer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Travis Orban. Yeah. Bandcamp has been his thing. Um, since I can remember. Yeah. And all of his albums are on there and that's where you go to listen to them. Interesting. The most easily. When I, when I want to pull something of his up, that's where I go. That's where I believe he told us yeah. to, uh, mm -hmm. if we go back mm -hmm. to that episode, yep. he'll say, yep. like, go to my band camp. So, I, it really does, it, it's it's been a factor all along and now I'm, I'm excited to hear about this because I think that they are sort of a, an opponent yeah. in the streaming game. Yeah, yeah. Because eighty-five percent is a lot. Yeah, it really is. I was looking today at the at their because they have an album of the day, and I I realized like I need to kind of be checking this out more frequently because like there's it's a lot of overlap to like stuff that's popping up on the major streaming services. Like it, it seems like everybody is there. Nice, um, mm -hmm. nice. Um, or at least at least everybody within like the more independent-minded that aren't like major major record label release. Uh, mm -hmm candidates and what does it hurt a, a big band to just jump on there i mean if they get more point? of the proceeds and if it gives the fans it, a way to to directly you know it's like i can buy your album here or but literally it, or, like what's the, what's the downside if they have the say yeah there's literally mm -hmm. no downside right yeah no you're right it's not, yeah, it's not like Bandcamp is some kind of like i don't know dying medium or somehow not cool yeah i would imagine that the only would be if you contractually couldn't Right, if Perhaps. like yeah, if, yeah. if your label didn't want you bypassing. Oh God, that their, would be the their, next thing, wouldn't it? Ah, yeah, I mean, because it kind of does bypass. Say you can only stream on these services. Ugh. I don't know. Yeah, because, I don't know. because we cut the deals. Already, yeah, I'd imagine we cut that's the deals with before. these services, and yeah, 
Wait. Yeah, and they track their own metrics and all that kind of crap. Not to kind of make it about a label thing, because that's that's another thing. But it really, it, to me, it is kind of it's it's it really is kind of like a marketing issue right now, which is like they've got this perception from musicians that this is where we were first. Mm-hmm. We were here in MySpace, and then right, right. then we then we got yeah. ourselves into you know some other bigger platforms that's that we can distribute across. But honestly, yeah. yeah, that's that's yeah. funny. But God, uh, so, what, wasn't wasn't MySpace great? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was. Rest in peace. Hi, Tom. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Oh man, my man. But uh, yeah, so I think friend. I think it's I think it's a matter of uh, I think it's a matter of marketing problem for them right now. Uh, they just got not and one that they seem to be getting a hold of because they they seem to be attracting some larger artists. So. And the other thing that that was interesting about that article that you shared, Nick, is that, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be just music. They can do merchandise on there, too. You know, shirts. You can, yeah. Yeah. And they take, the artist gets 90% of the proceeds from merchandise. Um, Okay. I think it's 10% is Bandcamp's cut for merchandise and 15% for distribution, which makes sense because they got to pay their server costs. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not cheap hosting audio files. Yeah. It's very fat. That's fascinating, man. That's that's really yeah. interesting to think yeah. about. Yeah. Cool. And very. if and if uh yeah, if Bandcamp starts getting their tendrils out there a little bit more and people start looking there for music selections, who knows what could happen. That's cool. And I think that's the big problem they need to solve right now is they need d- d- the discoverability through their website is kind of abysmal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, you know, clicking and bouncing mm-hmm. around and just what's this, right. what's that. Right. And, and they don't really have they don't have like that logic AI algorithm going on, or even like a perception of that kind of a thing. They just have a, yeah, maybe you'd like this. Yeah. And I don't even know if I have the Bandcamp app. You know, is I've been to the website many times. See, that's the thing. Is there Do an app? Do they have an app? Do they have Spotify? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Something Spotify, Spotify, they came out like it's an app. Yeah. It was right an away. app first. It's, it's not, they didn't even have a website. A web- mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that, and and that, I, that is not a coincidence. Yeah. No, but a Bandcamp was around so much earlier um, yeah. okay so so, they, so they, they you, were just have, continuing and, and i think own. the hard thing is the mentality of like the website is 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 who we are and and to to make a shift and like put a, as much resources into like an app takes a real shift at the top which yeah. and if yeah. they're not working with huge margins because they're only you know covering i mean right. it doesn't look like they make a ton of money off this stuff so yeah well, that's cool right that's, that, that's yeah that's interesting to to think about and it'll be interesting to see cool yeah Something to keep an eye on. Let's what track it. Gregorius. Okay. You well, ready? um. Are you ready? Uh, you, you know, honestly, today I have a heavy heart, man. Today's oh, a, today today is a today. Uh, only a couple hours before we recorded this was uh, confirmed that Pat Martino passed away. Oh man. Um. And uh, Pat Martino is really somebody who. Uh, was introduced into my life when I was in high school and kind of shook it up. You know, it's, it's funny, like along with Pat Metheny, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the difference between someone like Pat Metheny, who I've only ever observed from the outside, and Pat Martino is that um, he is from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And in his uh, later years, was just living in Philadelphia and occasionally playing around and so i got to see him a lot and it, and eventually get to know him a little bit so i it's a personal this this one's personal man okay you know like we've, yeah. we've we've over the last like year and a half two years we've seen a lot of jazz legends go down and we talk about them like you know hey 
like wasn't this guy amazing like listen to all these recordings you know mm-hmm. and here's another one and this is this time it's definitely like you know <clears throat> stings yeah. so let's uh but let's listen to yeah that just friends clip i do yeah yeah let's listen to that cool. this is pat when he was like 20 <laughs> Something like that. Whenever that album came out, that's on El Hombre. That's his earliest recording. Wow. I think his his, his first sideman record, or excuse me, his first uh, recording as a leader. Yeah, El Hombre, Prestige, nineteen sixty-seven, and he was wow. born in forty-four. He's twenty-three. Okay. Wow. So what do, yeah. what do we need to know about this guy? Who, well, who was this guy? There's a lot. Of, there's a lot to learn about Pat Martino. I I, I could never fill up. I'd have to fill up. You know. Three episodes, three full episodes. If I, I, you know, if you got me going, but one thing I can tell you is that he was a virtuoso because he was playing professionally by the time he was fifteen. He moved to New York, and he even lived with Les Paul. Oh, really? Okay, really? yeah. <laughs> Who Jay was just talking about a couple yeah. weeks ago? Yeah, you know, and Jay's been on this like Les Paul, Tom Dowd kick, yeah, which is right? awesome. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, so talk about guys who understood musicians. Mm-hmm. You know, Les Paul heard Pat Martino, and I mean, yeah, I've, I've this has been kind of uh, a big myth, you know, throughout. Uh, I guess my transition into a professional musician, like Pat Martino, has been like a real cornerstone for yeah. that. Um, because, I mean, if I could scale it all back, you know, if, if, if I could start at the beginning, honestly, mm-hmm. I was um, in high school. So my best buddy, Aaron, and I, we were trying to figure out how to play jazz guitar because we wanted to play guitar at school. And that was the only ah. orchestra that oh. had guitar in it. Had to be in jazz band, <laughs> we, yeah. Yeah, we were so obsessed with guitar that we just, it's all we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we could do it at school this dude kenji is like in the in the jazz he brings his guitar to school every day what the hell you know <laughs> and i would so fi- guitar to school yeah right <laughs> and so we figured out this dude kenji and all the other cool good guitar players that were older than us in the school were studying with this guy named chuck underwood and aaron his parents were willing to pay for lessons with chuck huh. so he would go to chuck's and i'd be like just waiting for him to get to school the next day and be like, what'd you learn? What you like, show, show me everything that you, that you did with Chuck, you know? And uh, he would show me. 
because Chuck gave really extensive notes. Nice, nice. And wow. so he would show me, and I was like, oh, okay, all right, all right, yeah. And one of the first things that Chuck got Aaron hip to was this Pat Martino album called Strings. Another album that he got him hit to was Bright Size Life, wow. which we talked about, the Pat Metheny. Very nice. So, uh-huh. you know, so it's it's all it's all around this time that yeah. these things just like bombarded me, right? Mm-hmm. But Pat Martino's Strings, I mean, we don't have a clip handy right now. I mean... It sounds like the beginning of Austin Powers, you know, like the title track. It's got like flute in it and it's real funky, but it's great. It's awesome. And he's ripping. He's, and, I'm, and we were like, okay, so we were trying to figure out. It's like he's playing in this key, but he's like playing all these notes that are not in the scale that fits this key. Like, How the, is this allowed? What, what? Yes, exactly. And why does yeah. it sound so cool? And how do you do it? Yeah. You know, mostly it's how you do it. Dude, Aaron and I used to sit there. I'm sure you guys can relate. For like half an hour waiting for like five seconds of a Pat Martino solo to buffer through. <laughs> in the early days of the internet. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I remember. I remember yep. this vividly. And just be like, you know, you'd leave the room and come back. Like, uh-huh. like, can we watch it you now? You want another no. Pop-Tart? Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> you know, just to watch five seconds of Pat Martino playing. Because you can get because, the video, you can get his finger position. Yeah, then it's like, at least we can see his fingers. Like, is it, how is this even possible? Yep. <sighs> so then, you know, we got old enough to where we could go see shows. And Pat Martino, being from Philadelphia, used to come down to uh, D.C. to play. Mm-hmm. And so he would play at Blues Alley. It, those were really special times. Those were really special nights. Because those were some of the first jazz concerts I ever saw was Pat Martino at right, Blues Alley. Right, right. And it was ridiculous, you know? Yeah. He, this dude was just shredding all night, you know? Uh, but, like, so classy. Very Charlie Watts-esque, mm-hmm. if I might. He, like, kind of resembled him, yeah. honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, very much, like, dressed nicely. His suit hair on. was always... He had, his, he had his days in the 70s where he was, like, a little more, like, hipstered out. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing about what happened with Pat Martino that's unlike any other musician I've ever heard of is that he at the age of like 36 had a hemorrhaged arteriovenous malformation that caused a near fatal seizure and he had amnesia after that really that's a thing yeah so this is a this is a this is a real thing and uh, I've seen it in movies yeah yeah yeah, and so he he apparently woke up, didn't recognize his parents, oh, and man. didn't and had no idea how to play guitar. What? Yeah, yeah. This is a, this is real. I've known about this forever, and I'm talking. I was yeah. talking about myth before. Like that was that that was part of the myth. Is like this guy Pat Martino. He like forgot how to play guitar, and he had to relearn. And he and taught then he, himself like, lived again. on Les Paul's couch, and like yeah. Les Paul nursed him back with oatmeal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Turns into something bigger. Yeah. Yeah, but no, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, right. It's a tall tale. Uh-huh. But um, he said he said he came out of the surgery with complete forgetfulness and. But he started to like focus on the present more than anything, and he figured out how to play again. And you know, his he, the neurons he got there. reconnected he, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, he got there again. That is amazing. And, uh, yeah, isn't that crazy? So he got how long there was once it before he got, got back in... to an album? Oh. Like how? It was a while, and actually, it was during this period that my my teacher Chuck, that I was telling you about earlier. 
I think he was like, <laughs> I think he told me this story. He was on a vacation with his wife around the Philadelphia or New Jersey area. And they were walking by some restaurant and it's like, tonight, Pat Martino. And he was like, Pat Martino? You mean the jazz guitarist from Philadelphia? Like, <laughs> he's playing here? And they were like, yes, for the next two nights. He's doing like two nights, two shows a night. And he was like, I, he's like, I was there on my anniversary. I had to go. Like, I had to go like all night, like both sets. You know? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, I could, you know. And then he started studying with him. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. So at one of those nights in at Got the Blue's direct Alley, connection there. At, yeah. And one of those nights at Blue's Alley, it was this night. I have a photo. I'll show you guys. Yeah. And I. Look at young Greg. Yeah, right? Queen that's, cut, That's the Greg. face you, you guys know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got uh, used to this one too. <laughs> yeah. But um, that one you didn't, you never saw on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> so I guess I mentioned, oh yeah, you know, I studied with uh, Chuck Underwood and he, and he was like, oh, Chuck. And by the way, he had a very, he was a very small guy, mm -hmm. but a very deep voice, mm -hmm. very deep voice. We're like, what is it, what is with that? You know, but it was it suited him perfectly. Uh -huh. It was like a like a like a I don't know like a jazz Yoda or something. <laughs> I said, yeah, Chuck Underwood. You know, I I had been studying with him. He's like, oh, that's great. And I was like, you don't give still give lessons, do you? And he was like, here's my card. You can call me for Pat call Martino's me card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did, I had this. And I guess it was right after meeting you guys. Honestly, I remember it because it was my junior year. I remember uh, this. I remember you telling me that you interacted with pat martino but i didn't know that yeah. you had his card that's great yeah I, I must have it somewhere i might you know but i definitely did not throw it away yeah. Yeah. so one day i called him because i was going to go visit my girlfriend at the time in okay. philadelphia yeah and i knew he lived there he's like hello <laughs> I'm like, yeah hi uh you know we met a you know try to try to get him to remember you know obviously yeah yeah, yeah. i was like yeah but uh, I, I'm interested in a lesson, and I, 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 I'm happy to come to you. He's like, okay, well, and you know, like we worked it out, and so I went to his house in in West Philadelphia, That's I believe. Right. Wow, when was and this? Two thousand like two. Wow. And I, I remember I walked into his house, and he was wearing this like really loose orange button shirt, mm -hmm. and he and, and he's just like, hey, come on in, man. And, and it was a hey. small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. It was an extra excess, and uh, I, I had the guitar in my in my case. Is this you know? your Joe Pass? Like, yes. Your Joe Pass. Yep. Yes. Yeah. My has, uh, no Epiphone. Oh, um, and, and I I put it. He's like, open the case, man. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. <laughs> you know. I was like, okay, sure, yeah. You know? And I noticed he had like eight guitars yeah, around right. that like the living room that were just sprawled out everywhere like not even on stands just sure. you know yeah. they were all signature models of his his gibson signature pat martino model i use this uh, one as a rug in, yeah, <laughs> different, yeah i brush my teeth with this one <laughs> gotta let it breathe, let <laughs> it breathe. breathe. <laughs> exactly but dude that's and so we went upstairs and um he showed me um, some things that about like triads and how he he's like, I look at the keys, all twelve keys is like the numbers on a clock, and like none of them are more important than the other, and you just need to know, understand how to get from one to the next in like the simplest, quickest way possible, you know, and mm. showing me like all these like shortcuts that I still think, think about all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. like taking triads and being like, if you just move this one note 
one fret, all of a sudden you're in a whole new world, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, and, mm-hmm. and, and he basically proved it to me at the end of the lesson by sh- playing over giant steps, which is a song that changes keys a lot. Yeah. So you would imagine a guitar player would have Recorded to like jump down. around. Yep. Huh. <laughs> I'll, come and, I'll come back. And just proceeded to, you know, mop the floor with giant steps, but like from the first to fourth fret, like never oh, wow. like went above the fifth fret. So it's like I was like, what? How like that you just blew my mind. I did I had no idea you could do that thing that way. And there, it also there, it yeah. also it was him. It was Pat Martino doing it. Right. It sounded yeah. like him. Oh, it was him. Oh my yeah. god. You know? And I was just like, okay. And he was like, All right, that'll be a hundred dollars for my lesson. I was like, <laughs> and I wrote him a check. Here's like I wrote eight. him a check. <laughs> eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, I, th- I think I wrote him a check. <laughs> Anyway, and I gave him the check, and I was like, "That was awesome, thank you." And he gave me this book. I still have this book, Pat. Mar- oh, awesome! Yeah, oh, and it's wow. like a bunch of yeah, and it's it's like preliminary studies. It's like a bunch of like geometric kind of yeah oh, weird things, and just the way he thinks about the relationship yeah. of the frets to the to the to the notes and the, yeah, that's freaking awesome. And um, no, and I still take you know I I listen to him. Yeah, I always I always listen to Pat Martino, and I am a little bit gutted, honestly. But I knew this day would come. He wasn't. He he had uh, somebody. I think it started to go fund me during the lockdown for him because it, you know he was ailing. It's like I've kind mm-hmm. of always known this day would come. Well, yeah. so it's it's, I mean, it's not like to... a, he died in a car accident or something, but it How still sucks. Seventy seven. Okay. All right. You got to yeah. sit at the feet of of the master, man, and uh, he was and a drink master it in. for That's sure, amazing. man. That's something yeah. that not too many people get to experience. You know, it's true, and I and I knew that it was an opportunity, uh, yeah. and so I just I just went for it. You know, I was like, I don't care how much this costs. You think, I had you, think, you think I had a hundred dollars though? Like, I mean, I did. No, I know that was, it was a lot. It was a lot yeah. of money. It's a yeah. lot of money now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like to, yeah. to spend an hour with someone. Sure. You know, but. Yep. But it was absolutely worth every penny, you know. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I taped it, but I have. Oh, there you go. I don't know. I don't know if that cassette is still around. I've tried my best to keep on to to hang on to s- stuff like that, and some of it eventually disappears, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But dude. yeah, dude. But you got that uh, picture, and you got the book. Yeah, and I got the memories, and you know, we have oh, his yeah, records, and the stories, and now we got the yeah. stories. Yeah, and uh, he he was a uh, class act, and I think. Um, if we can listen to one more clip before saying goodbye. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, this is from his album Strings. This is the uh, his solo on the song Minority. Thank you. 
goodness. Mm. Forget about it. So there you have Imagine it, having man. to learn all of that again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Unbelievable, man. Freaking uh, amnesia? Oh. Well, that's an incredible yeah, story, story, Greg. And, and what a story! Beautifully told, man. Thanks for sharing that. That's oh, that's hey, incredible. no, thanks you guys for listening. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm so grateful for you guys to you know to oh, be able to, yeah, to 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 you know kind of pour it out with a little bit because I know you guys have the same kind of passion for this kind of stuff as I do, and I'm really glad we get to do this because otherwise I just would have had to be like, oh yeah, well, Pat Martino died, but instead I get to kind of like pay some tribute and there you go, play, yeah. you know. Play, put his tunes out in the world and hope that more people get to you know experience you know he's, he's a beautiful man you yeah know? I never cease to be amazed by your touching stories about like your connections to these artists so thanks for sharing oh. man thank yeah. you so yeah. much for sharing I know yeah, you're, you're very welcome and safe travels Mr. Martino indeed indeed well gentlemen I think we've come to the end of our road 117 yeah in the Maybe books in the bag yeah Greg, I, I know you have uh, poured your heart out, but I'm going to ask for, oh, no, for no. just one more thing before we let, we let you go. <laughs> All right, here we go. Final <laughs> segment. <laughs> you can uh, do it. You should check it out.com. Find us online. Go to social media. Mm-hmm. You'll find us on there. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram. Our Twitter handle is at shouldcheck. Send yes. us an email at ysciopodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Go listen to us on Spotify. Maybe uh-huh. we should get on Bandcamp, Go. We should be on Bandcamp. <laughs> hey, Bandcamp. <laughs> there you go. Our greatest hits album. And, and uh, Apple Podcasts. And uh, tell a friend. You should check it out. And thank you to Susie. That's Susan. 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 Right. I'm going to call her Susie, though. Susie right. Q. Right. Susie Q. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you to Susan and to all of our listeners out there in podcast land. Tune in every single Thursday for brand new uh, episode and brand new content. Jokes, mm-hmm. fun, music, good times. You know, what more could you ask for? Oh. It's good, good stuff. All right, boys. Tell, tell a friend if you like it. Huh? <laughs> uh, all right, boys. Till next week. Peace. Stay safe. Later. See you guys. <laughs>